This is Shine On, the health and happiness show with Casey, an Ella's Leash production. Shine On is a weekly presentation with guests, ideas, information, and fun designed to improve your life from 100.7 WHUD. Hi, it's Casey, shining on today with exploration. Let's have an adventure. I would love to take this trip to Ecuador with shaman Itzhak Biri. He's joined us on the show before. Itzhak is authentically connected to the unseen world. What's he up to now? I'm planning on June 16 to 23rd to bring as many people as possible from the United States, Europe, and other countries to Ecuador to meet the most powerful shamans of the Andes because I believe that they have a message. They have a, a healing message for our society. We are now in a critical time of our civilization that uh, we really need to listen to the elders, to those wisdom keepers who are keeping this balance of the earth, environment, and our personal health together and in balance. Um, we are in, a, as I said, in critical condition now that where the environment is not respected, the human lives are not respected, and we really need to listen to uh, the ancient wisdom of the shaman of Ecuador. Okay, so this is a trip people can take with you June 16th through the 23rd to go to Ecuador. And what will the days be like? Will you be sitting with these masters and learning or are you wandering, you know, through the forest with them? What does it look like? Well, the date that uh, we chose correlates with the Inti Raimi, which is the, the equinox of the, the time of celebrations that is uh, sacred for the pre-Inca and the Inca traditions. And so there's going to be a big festival that uh, I would like to, people to experience, uh, not just to read about it, not to see it in movies, but to really dance and eat the food and, and uh, enjoy that, that culture that they have. And then we're going to have two days of uh, intense uh, teachings, workshops uh, in different modalities of healing. We're going to learn about the condor medicine. We're going to learn about the sound healing of the Andes, uh, how each vibrations of uh, musical instruments and voice awaken different parts of our bodies. We're going to do La Limpia, which is the cleansing uh, ceremonies. We're going to learn about that. And we're going to learn about uh, the philosophy of the Ushai, which is the uh, the fifth element, uh, the, the element that unites us all. And I would like to very much to bring a, a very special woman there to speak about culture and education. Uh, how do you teach children today in our modern world how to relate to the ancient knowledge of agriculture and how the agriculture represents the symbolism of our life, the integration of, of crops and, and growing and responsibility. So there's a lot of that in the, the, these two days uh, of teachings and uh, immersion with the culture. And then the other two days is personal healing. The participant will be able to choose a shaman that they want to uh, work with or to be healed with by, and they're going to be taken to the shaman's home. You know, many times we invite shamans here into the United States and then we put them in hotel rooms, but they are disconnected from their environment. So here we are going to go into uh, shaman's home to their environment where they have all the herbs and the plants and all the instruments that they need. And uh, it will be an amazing experience. And I know because I'm doing it for 22 years and I really want to share this, my experience, the way that it's changed my life. 
life. Uh, with people here in the, in the West and in the North, it's changed my life, and I think that it will change people's life here too. It sounds beautiful. The Andes Summit and theandesummit.com is where you can find out more about this shamanic conference and uh, healing vacation. But what if people are new to the healing arts? Can they still experience this? What kind of people are you looking for? Well, I'm, I'm looking for people who are looking for more to life than what we have here. People who, are, who know that deep in their, in their soul that we are out of balance. And I think that we all know, if, we are, if we're living in, in our society here, we know that we are out of balance. You could just see the, the school shooting, the health care, everything that happened around us is, is because we are out of balance. Out of balance with ourselves, with our soul, with our spirit, and with the environment, of course. So I think, I, I hope that people who have a calling to, feel, to live a life more fully uh, will come. And then, you know, you don't have to believe in that. Um, the, the Andes, uh, the mountains are amazingly beautiful. And uh, we're going to take people uh, on hiking into the waterfall, into the lakes, into the mountains. So there will be a beautiful hiking and nature or immersion with nature, which is part of their belief system is that the nature is, is our teacher, that the nature is our healer. Even if you don't believe in, uh, in the shamanic uh, tradition, uh, but you really want to bring more balance into your life, this is a great place to be. And I do believe that after that week, your life will change and you'll start to believe that those people who are working with spirit, with healing energies, with the plants and the herbs and the minerals, those people have incredible power to heal us. So it's, it's really a, uh, a journey for healing, or I call it like a pilgrimage for healing to meet those 10 most powerful shamans that I know of the high Andes of Ecuador. It's a, definitely an adventure. So it, I'm not staying in a hut. Oh, no, okay. no, no. You get to stay in a beautiful hotel with a swimming pool and a jacuzzi and health spa. So it, that, that part would be designed for people who want to, to relax and, and enjoy. I wouldn't say it's luxury because we don't want that, but we want to have it very comfortable and we wanted people to really enjoy their stay in Ecuador. Are you ready to meet powerful shamans in Ecuador? The Andes Summit is June 16th and you can get a $200 off code if you email from the website theandysummit.com. That's theandysummit.com. Send an email from that site. Ask for the code. I would love to join you there. There will be a discussion about this in the Grion household this weekend. We shall see. Our next adventure is with Daniel Stone, and I love him too. He's an adorable nerd and genius who writes for National Geographic. This former White House correspondent for Newsweek got all lit up about David Fairchild. He's the guy that brought avocados to America. It really is a fascinating story. Daniel Stone, do you know that if you eat an entire avocado, it's 11 points on the Weight Watchers app? Oh, I did not know that. No, of well, all the things I know about avocados, that never came up. Yeah, no, that's, I've shared wow. what I know about avocados. Now you tell me what you know. <laughs> 
I I researched uh, this man, David Fairchild, and this book, and uh, really the legacy of American food exploration. Uh, David Fairchild was a man who traveled the world 120 years ago to find exotic crops and bring them back to the U.S. Avocados were one of them. This was his job, his passion. Why did he do this? This was his job. This was his mission. He was a food spy, a special agent for the U.S. government, really tasked with an economic mission to go around the world and find crops that could be of economic value. So many workers in the labor force in those days were farmers, and they were all growing a lot of the same things, a lot of corn, a lot of cotton, a lot of apples. And uh, the future of America really hinged on whether we could get more diverse foods get farmers growing different things and get people to eat them. All right. We're talking to Daniel Stone, National Geographic writer, and we're talking about the adventures of David Fairchild, a late 19th century food explorer. He was a young man from the plains of Kansas who found his way to Washington and made the case to the U.S. government, the Secretary of Agriculture, that he needed to go on assignment. He needed to go to dark corners of the world and find better varieties of things like peaches and lemons and apples, but also new varieties of things that no one had ever tasted before, things like mangoes and and kale uh, and, and avocados and watermelons, things that were illustrious and new and really could enliven the American market. It's so cool. It's like David Fairchild would totally love the Food Network, right? (laughs) I think he'd be surprised, absolutely, at at how far some of these crops have come. I mean, when you think of where he picked up a food like uh, like the avocado, right? He was in Chile, and to see what it's become now and the marketing campaigns and a Super Bowl ad for, for avocados, he'd be really surprised. He picked up types of citrus, oranges, and lemons uh, in the Indian Ocean, right, with, with tribes of people who were very unfriendly to outsiders. He caught diseases and was arrested. Not all of this work was easy, but when you go in the supermarket now, I mean, a lot of these fruits and vegetables are there because of the danger uh, and and espionage of him. I love this. I love this guy. All right. When I grew up, kale was just a, um, a garnish on a plate. You never ate it, right? And now kale, the superfood of our time. Where did he find this? He found kale in Croatia. Um, in about 1901. Uh, kale for centuries was mostly the food of peasants. It was very cheap and easy to grow. It grew in any type of soil, almost any type of climate. Um, Fairchild picks it up, brings it back, and you're right, for most of the 20th century, kale was as a garnish. It was used as decor in salad bars, just to circle the more appetizing food. It wasn't until the 1980s and 90s when nutritionists started researching kale's properties about its protein and its vitamins and its nutritional qualities that led to a boom. And then coupled with marketing, most foods and what we eat is a function of marketing. And that's why we've entered this moment of kale where this ancient food that was once nothing is now the height of of superfood status. Now, what did this guy... David Fairchild. David Fairchild. What did David Fairchild have to do with the um, cherry blossom trees? In 1902, Fairchild goes to Japan Uh, He sees the cherry blossom trees. 
He thinks they're magical, magnificent, and he comes back to Washington and he starts telling people about them. And he imports a couple trees to his own property. People love them. They love seeing them. President Taft and Helen Taft, they love seeing them too. And so Fairchild negotiates this exchange with the Japanese government to donate several hundred trees to the Tidal Basin, the the Speedway, it was called, around the Jefferson Memorial in Washington, D.C. Japan actually sends a shipment of trees, but they're really old trees because they wanted them to bloom very fast. And because they're old, they're teeming with insects and pests Mm -hmm. and, and types of fungus, and the trees have to be burned on the National Mall. Thank goodness Japan sent a second shipment of trees, and those are the ones that bloom every spring in Washington. That's amazing. Now, what happened to David Fairchild? What was he, he went out and did all these wonderful things, the food explorer, the true adventures of a globetrotting botanist who transformed what America eats. He's transformed us for ages, in fact. What was his life like when he was done exploring? He started to slow down around 1904, and he hired a young group of, uh, a young team, groups of, of protégés that could continue this work. One of them went to Ecuador and South America to find new avocados. One of them went to Russia to find new types of wheat. And one of them, a man named Frank Meyer, was hired to walk across China, uh, a part of the world that had been perfecting agriculture for 2,000 years. And so Fairchild becomes somewhat of a, a bureaucrat, a traffic cop. He's receiving seeds and he's deciding which regions in the U.S. can grow these crops and can benefit from these findings uh, from other parts of the world. So he's really changed everything that of life as we know it. He's had a great influence on it. Yeah, when you go into a market, a lot of these things are there because they were brought there. Fairchild really directed this transformation of food, of agriculture, horticulture, gardening around the turn of the 20th century. And that really coincides with the growth of America economically and militaristically, things that really turned America into a superpower. Food was a central part of how America grew into the the strong country it is today. The Food Explorer, the true adventures of this globetrotting botanist, that is David Fairchild himself. Pretty prominent name. Is he related? Does he have any descendants that we should know about today? He had three kids, and he has about uh, half a dozen grandkids who are still alive in Florida and Nova Scotia. But Fairchild's name is on buildings at universities, especially old agricultural universities all over the country, uh, and certainly government buildings. Uh, he's pretty well-known among government scientists, but the general public is really the uh, the beneficiary of his work even more. And have you heard from his family? They must be happy that you wrote this book, I would think. They were very surprised that someone is finally interested in writing a book and and going through letters. I actually went up to uh, Nova Scotia and met one of the grandsons, and they had all of his love letters. They had piles and piles of love letters with his wife in 1903, and they said, we don't think it'd be appropriate to share these. You know, it's our family. And I said, listen, it's been 100 years. You've probably been saving them for the day that someone's going to be interested. And... I'm here, and I'm interested, and they let me see all the love letters, and many of them are in the book showing the not just the work of agriculture this man did, but really the person he was uh, and how he met and courted his wife uh, at the turn of the century. He gave her a nice mango, and the rest is history. <laughs> No, I Pretty think that's much. great. I think it's so cool that you've you've uncovered this guy for us. That's awesome. I'm, I'm thrilled you're interested. I, I uh, clearly spent many, many years 
with this man who I've never met, but I, I think uh, really made quite a few contributions. And when you think about what we eat, um, it's really the effect of, of his work. Wow. All right. What are you going to work on next, Daniel Stone? <laughs> Still figuring it out, but, but I love gardening, I love food, and I love exploration. So I'll probably stick with something that way. I love him. Daniel Stone. And this is a gorgeous book, The True Adventures of the Globetrotting Botanist Who Transformed What America Eats. If you want to give me a holler from the website casey.co, I can get you a copy of the book. Speaking of adventure, last call for next weekend's adventure at the Mariondale Retreat Center in Ossining. We have a very nice group signed up already, but Mariondale has tons of rooms, so they just let me know they're keeping registration open right up until next Friday night. So if you want to wait to the last minute to decide... That's okay. I'll tell you what we're going to do. After dinner Friday night, we open the circle. We're going to do a little inner child work. We're going to do a lot of journaling. And then we're going to go outside and play with sparklers because it's fun. And if you feel like it, take a candle and walk the labyrinth under the nearly full moon. Saturday, we have laughter yoga, if you want to try it. Inspirational speaker Ida Fields will lead you to your inner spark. Marcy Clark will give you the tools to practice to warm up your voice and body to live your most authentic life. Then hand analyst Irina will tell you what school of life you're in. It's written on your fingertips. Daisy Joplin will play her violin and will light lanterns to float our dreams to the sky. Maggie from the Glass House Retreat will help you create your purpose phrase. Deb Carlin Polhill will close with a healing circle on Sunday. In between, there's lots of tea and a marketplace and long walks, Hudson River views. KC.co has details, K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. By the way, it's only $225 and all the meals are included. So come join the circle and shine on next weekend at the Mariondale Center in Ossining. Okay, who wants to lose weight? Have I got some foolproof tips for you. That's next. This is Josh Demel, and we have a situation here. Our planet's endangered species are vanishing at an alarming rate. Connect the dots and you'll discover a fine line separates a buyer from a killer. In other words, if you travel abroad and buy an illegal wildlife product, you're paying for the life of an endangered animal. So please, don't do it. When the buying stops, the killing can too. For more information, visit wildaid.org. Hi, it's Casey, shining on today with some great advice if you want to lose weight. Here you go. Stop counting calories. Always read food labels. Always carry snacks. Don't drink fruit juice ever. These are some of the tips you'll find in the little book of big weight loss. Bernadette Fishers says Australians have the same trouble we do in the U.S. Huge portions, lots of fast food, and a high obesity rate. She was big once too, but she changed her life completely, and so can you. Bernadette, in your little book, is that you on the inside cover? That is. That's a picture of me um, before and after. I was weighing near 280 pounds my doctor was completely freaking out so i ended up dropping 66 pounds in 30 weeks and um, put a book together perfect now your doctor was freaking out but were you absolutely i was absolutely freaking out it had just crept up on me over the years and um i was really down on myself like a lot of people are that have, have gained weight and i was completely freaking out absolutely had to do something so i um, started doing research and i started talking to a lot of the models that i work with because i'm a hair and makeup artist I was working on set a lot so i'd ask them you know what are you eating why you know how are you staying so healthy and so in shape if it was a good tip I would take it home and I would Google it and I would 
would um, test it on myself and if it worked for weight loss, I would keep it. And um, I would read lots of re- medical reports, you know, try and work out the fastest way for me to lose weight, something that would, that would stick for good. Yes, that's what we want. We want it to stick for good. Rule number 14 on page 59, I try to get nine hours sleep a night because you learned, Bernadette Fishers, that in your research, we cannot lose weight unless we sleep. That's true. There's a lot of research on, um, you know, getting a really good night's sleep. It's the time that our bodies repair itself. It's when our, all our blood sugars reset. It's, it's that our bodies are actually working really hard while we're sleeping, but we need that sleep in order to help with weight loss. It's really important to try and get a good night's sleep. I mean, I know it's not possible for everybody all the time. So what I say is obviously do your best. But, you know, for me, I love nothing better than nine hours sleep. That's like my perfect number. I must have done a hundred diets that have never worked, but with this, because it's, I introduced it into my lifestyle, mm-hmm. and it's really about changing your lifestyle, one thing at a time, for me, it is just stuck. And yes, there are certainly, there are certainly moments that I go off plan and I will, you know, have some chocolate cake. Because I feel so good living like this, I get back on it really quickly right. the next day. That's the truth. Nothing feels better than feeling good. Nothing. It does. Nothing feels better than feeling good. Yeah. I just feel so much healthier and so much better now. I would literally jump out of bed in the morning. It's just such a vast difference in how I I feel. And I think, you know, emotionally and mentally, I feel so much better about myself. I really don't want to go back to struggling with my, my weight and struggling to do up my shoelaces. I want to be able to walk along confidently with my daughter going to school and you know I just feel so much better yeah the little book of big weight loss 31 rules to live by and I love uh, one of the quotes here Vincent van Gogh great things are done not by impulse but by a series of small things brought together Yes, that's true, because they are. These are are just a series of 31 rules, I call them, but half of them are for your mind as well. And then once you put all these little rules together, all these little things together, it ends up being really big weight loss. It works. I was surprised. I think it was rule number five. You don't buy any diet food. Why is that? I don't, because a lot of diet food is hidden with bad sugars, like a lot of sugar. So a lot of the time they will take out the fat and they will replace it with sugar. So in effect, you could be eating something that is a lot worse for you than the full fat version. You might buy a diet yogurt which says light yogurt, healthy yogurt. But when you actually read the writing on the back, when you actually read the ingredients and the contents of that, you'll find that what you're eating is a lot worse than the full fat version. Mm-hmm. But that's why I have that rule. My husband and I thought we were being so great. This was a couple years back, and we were having our healthy, low-fat yogurt every night as yeah. a special treat, and there were 12 teaspoons of sugar in every serving. We might as well have made yeah. a chocolate cake. Absolutely. You might as well have had a chocolate bar, right. which probably would have <laughs> tasted better. It's really misleading so that's why one of my rules is read the, read the labels. Yeah. So if you read the labels, you'll be informed. Initially, in the beginning, you'll be standing you know, in the supermarket reading a lot of labels on the back of things just to see what's in them. But once you get in the habit of that, you'll, you'll tend to know what to aim for and what to pick up and what's good for you. But mm-hmm. in essence, it, it's going to be you know, whole foods, a lot of whole foods, healthy whole foods. You know, right. Like a whole food doesn't need a, full, a food label. An apple doesn't need a food label. In my book I I have one recipe and it's a bread recipe because 
I do love to eat bread. I think I think it is possible to give up bread if, if that's what you want to do. But for me, I, I really love bread. But a lot of bread out there is, is not great and it's, and it's not filled with anything very nutritious. So, mm. so I've put a pretty simple little bread recipe in there that anyone can make and it'll last a week in your fridge and you can eat it toasted. And, it, and it's delicious and filling because that is my one little thing that I, I just love. I just love nice, warm, tasty bread. It's delicious and it can be nutritious too. What kind of flour do you use? I use in mine a besan flour, which is a chickpea flour. It's called different things in different countries, but essentially it's a chickpea flour because it's um, quite high in protein and it has, you know, really good energy to it. It's basically just crushed up chickpeas. It tastes delicious. I really like that flour, but I also use things like, um, you can get all sorts of flours, like lentil flours. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes I throw a little bit of buckwheat in there or buckwheat flour and sometimes even a tiny bit of coconut flour. So much to chew on. In the little book of Big Weight Loss, 31 Rules to Live By, Bernadette, give the people listening who want to start a new healthy regime, give them a little bit of your encouragement now. If you can just be kind to yourself and if you can put yourself first for a change, and I know, you know, being mums, that it can be a really hard thing to do to actually make yourself a priority. But once you start making yourself a priority, you'll actually be a better mum because you'll be a healthier and fitter mum and you'll be able to run along with your kids and it will make a difference to your life and to theirs and to your family. Bernadette Fisher's The Little Book of Big Weight Loss. If you want a copy, email me from the website kacy.co, K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Your thought for the day is next. Have you ever experienced a wish come true? For a child battling a critical illness, a wish come true can be a turning point. One song, one dance, one game, one adventure, one moment changes everything. Make-A-Wish needs your support to grant the wish of every eligible child. Visit wish.org now to help grant more life-changing wishes. Together, we can transform lives one wish at a time. Hi, it's Casey, shining on with adventure today. Maybe you want to head to the Andes Summit with Itzhak Biri in June. Or join me next weekend in Ossining. Or maybe you just want to read The Food Explorer by Daniel Stone. Our thought for the day is for each of us, and it's by H. Jackson Brown, Jr., who said in P.S. I Love You, 20 years from now, you'll be more disappointed by the things that you didn't do than by the ones you did do. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from safe harbor, catch the trade winds in your sails, explore, dream, discover. See you next week. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show with Casey, an Ella's Leash production. The content of Shine On, the health and happiness show is intended for general information purposes only. You can listen to previously broadcast shows online at Casey.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Join Casey for another edition of Shine On, the health and happiness show next Sunday morning, right here on 100.7 WHUD.